I'm going to talk tonight, uh, this morning. I never know what time it is. We've been ministering on Wednesday nights. We've been doing prayer. Uh, Heather's doing that children's online thing. Don't miss that. It's the greatest watch thing there is, is this Sunday afternoon at five o'clock and Heather's doing that on live for the Father's House kids. So, uh, but I just feel like the Lord's given me a word and I know that one word from God can change our life. I'm just telling you, one, one word, we live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And, and faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so I think that uh, I'm speaking to you prophetically. And uh, so if you've got a Bible, uh, it's not going to take a lot this morning other than I'm going to bounce all over the place. But Naaman chapter 1 uh, the prophet, obscure prophet actually, but Naaman uh, chapter 1 verse 7, one verse. Let, let me set the context. Uh, as Naaman is beginning to, to declare and to preach and to write and to prophesy, the Assyria, the, the government, everything that's been taken care of is coming to an end. Assyria is collapsing around. Everything that they know is falling apart. Everything they've trusted in is collapsing. Does it sound, I mean, there's so much change going on. It's going on so fast that they can't hardly grasp it. And the prophet jumps up and says, wait a minute, the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. I mean, when, when I read this again, I, I realized that none of us have ever seen anything like this. This is an unprecedented time, and we're trying to figure out what's happening, what's taking place, and we can see that perhaps there's a new reality. There's perhaps a new way of being, a time change going on around the world, not just in our lives, but around the world. The signals are all there, and the repercussions, the upheaval are taking place, and we're having to learn new languages, right? Social distancing, shelter in place, essential Essential. Isn't it interesting, that word essential? Um, Non-essential, essential, who's essential, who isn't? And the body of Christ has been arguing for thousands of years over what is essential and non-essential. And today, maybe the body of Christ is beginning to understand that there's only one thing that's essential, and that's Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus, that's the essential to your faith. But we're, we're, everything's changing, and everybody's asking, what started this? Why did it happen? When's it going to end? When will it be over? There's, there's all these questions about the environment, the economy, uh, the way we're going to live together. Uh, what will the new normal look like? There, there's almost panic, right? But we know we've not been given a spirit of panic. Uh, and yet, these are difficult questions. They're real questions. They're honest questions. I, I even understand where they come from. I have them too. All of those questions are valid. And yet, to be honest with you, I don't know that there are a lot of answers to those questions. And though we're surrounded with them and in the midst of them. But, but I like this prophet. In the middle of changing times, in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of wondering what doesn't change, the prophet jumps up and says, wait a minute, the Lord is good. That doesn't change. The Lord, Yahweh, the one that spoke to Moses and said, I am that I am. What he's really saying is, I will be whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. The Lord, the one that created heaven and earth. The Lord, the magnificent one, the one that reveals himself. He doesn't let anybody else reveal him. The Lord, Yahweh, the God of breath. That everything that is alive, that has breath, that breath came 
from the Lord. And then that word is, is, is. It's like gravity. It is. God is. He just is. You, you can't explain Him. He isn't going to go away. The Lord is. Always has been, always will be. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's eternal. He never changes. He's solid as a rock. You, you can depend on Him. The Lord is. And then the prophet said, good. Good. Generous. Gracious. Merciful. Kind. Just imagine anything that's good. I, I mean, the Lord is good. In, in, in the middle of bad news, in the middle of bad things, in the middle of things that are being shaken, let me tell you what's stable. The Lord, He is. And it's His goodness that is good. It, and He is just because He is. Not because you have earned it or not because you've behaved a certain way. Not because those certain things have taken place. No. He's the God that shows up and takes water and turns it into 180 gallons of wine. Now that's more than enough. And that, that's good. And, it, and it's good to a situation that probably didn't need it. So whatever our situation is, I think we need to hear uh, the prophet Naaman going, The Lord is good. And he doesn't change. And he's still good. He's good even in the midst of these tribulations and in the midst of these challenges. He's the God of goodness. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the time of trouble. And one translation says, and he knows those that trust in him. See, that's the key word today. The key word is, do we trust in God? Do we trust in his goodness? Or, or do we trust in ourselves? Or do we trust in the society that's been built by humanity? Do, what do we trust in, really? Do, do we trust in the governments? Do we trust in these things that are out there? That, that's the challenge, really, right? It, it, is to determine whether I trust in him or whether I trust in myself or do I trust in something else he said I know those that trust in me I know those that have faith in me I know those that have run to me and, and listen when when things like this happen you really do discover whether or not you trust in your own ability to control your life or whether you anesthetize it a lot of people when they face things that are traumatic they put their trust in something they can drink or something they can smoke or something they can buy. They try to anesthetize or make it feel better. But in these moments, are, we're really challenged about whether or not we believe in this God that is good all the time. And this prophet jumps up and says, wait a minute, while you're looking at all this stuff that's spinning, I want to remind you. I want to remind you who God is. He's not what everybody says he is. He's not what some say he is. He's what I say I am. I am the God that you can trust in. I am the God that knows every need. I know the God that, right? And, and the problem is, is that when we get into situations like this, we have this suspicion. And we suspect that maybe he's holding something back. That, that, that maybe he's holding something from us that that maybe he can't be trusted quite so see that's the origin of the fall anyway is that Adam and Eve didn't know whether or not they could trust him to give him, them everything that maybe he and so the enemy comes to raise our suspicions the enemy comes to put doubt and fear and unbelief and that maybe and that's that's what's going on right now 
is that in the midst of all this stuff, the real question is whether we'll step through those suspicions that have been raised and really begin to lean not to our own understanding, but to acknowledge Him and to trust that He is the one that is with us and He's Emmanuel. He'll get us through this. And it's always been that way. Even when God was working the deliverance for the children of Israel and He brought them across the river and out in the wilderness, then they began to wait, 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 wait a minute. Did you bring us here to starve? And so they, they let God get them out, but then they begin to wonder whether or not they could trust Him in the wilderness. And then when they got ready to go into the promised land and they saw the giants, then they thought, well, no, wait a minute. Can we trust you to kill the giants? And so the story has always been the same. In the midst of the difficulties and the trials and the tribulations, when, when everything around us seems shaken, the question is, do you know that the Lord is good and that you can trust in Him in whatever situation and trauma and trial and challenge that there is? In the midst of these unchanging things, and then, then, you know, we all fight that, right? Not only are we suspicious of him, but we wonder, even if he is who he says he is, am I worthy? And so that, that worthiness thing kicks in. And, and we begin to, well, maybe he's good to other people, but maybe he's not good to me. And so religion has really helped that, right? Religion has always been consumed with the idea of who's in and who's out, who's up and who's down who's accepted and who's not accepted. Religion has kind of fed that a little bit and, and based that on our behavior or on whether or not we did the right things in worship or not the right things in worship and focused on those what I would call today non-essentials of our faith. And so uh, sometimes we have difficulty trusting in God because we're suspicious of who he is or we get concerned about whether or not we're worthy of that goodness if he really is that good. Uh, and, and I want us to hear something this morning. The Lord is good. He's good to all people. He, he's good to us all the time. Not, not because we deserve it or earn it, but because of it's who his character is. It's who his nature is. And, and I realize that it seems right to a man, the Bible says, that we, that we earn stuff. That we behave a certain way and then we get the grade. That we behave a certain way and then we get that. And so it's this, if you do this, then God will do that. But the truth of the matter is, is God is so good, he just comes and saves sinners while they're still sinners. He just comes and does good things for bad people, right? He just steps in the middle of every affliction and every turmoil and every trial. And in the middle of that, he does good things for us. And, and why does he do that? Because it reveals who he is. That in the midst of everything else shaking, in the midst of these things going on, God steps into it and, and reveals to us how reliable he really is. And so the real question this morning is, do we trust? Do we trust in God's goodness? Do we trust in him to be who he says he is? Do we trust in that nature, that good, good? I, I looked that word up this week and I, I begin to realize good means beautiful, cheerful, pleasant, well, abundant. It, it means laughter. It means to be so generous, not expecting anything in return. It means really that he is transparent in who he is, that he is not hiding something. He's not doing being something with a second motive. No, no. Even Jesus said, there's only one that's good, and that's God. Outside of God, there really is no knowing of goodness. 
I mean, think about it. In Genesis chapter 1, and the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light, and he said, that's good. All the way through that creation process, he made dry land, and he said, that is good. And then he brought forth the grass and the herbs and everything that grows, and he says, that is good. And then, then he said, you're very good. This good God creates good things, and he creates people in the likeness and in his image, and he said, that's good. Sin, if you read it in the Hebrew, one of the meanings of the word sin means to forget. And if we're not careful, we go along through life and we forget. And, and, and we, when we forget that God is good, uh, then, then, then all of a sudden we've got to return to that. I, I'm, I mean, if you think about the story of the prodigal son, I mean, he gets up one day and he demands his inheritance and he goes off and he, he, he kind of forgets that the inheritance is not the big thing. It's the father that gave him the inheritance. And he, he misses the point that God is good. And yet, while he's out there in the pig pen, it, the Bible says he comes to himself. And he remembers. And he returns home. And as he's returning home, the father jumps up and runs at him. And, and, and all of a sudden, he remembers how good God is. And that, in fact, how good the father is. And that, that the father doesn't make a deal and call him a servant. But the father brings him home, puts a ring on his finger. And all of a sudden, there's another party on. You see, God's goodness is greater than we thought. And sometimes we've got to remember. And the prophet jumps up in the middle of all these things. Hey, remember. The Lord is good. Even in the middle of what you think's going on, don't forget that God is good. And that God came for sinners. He came for people who had failed. And, and the psalmist says, you, O Lord, are good and you're ready to forgive. And abundant mercy to all those who call upon your name. In another place, Psalm 136, he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loving kindness continues forever. He never changes he doesn't stop being who he is just because of the things that are going on in this world. The challenge I have for you this morning is what are you meditating on? What are you thinking about? What are you focused on? At the beginning of this year, I begin to challenge TFH to focus on the favor of God, to focus on the goodness of God. And Paul writes and says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on. One translation says, fix your mind on these things. Hear me. Whatever we meditate on, whatever we fix our mind on, and he said, fix your mind on the good things. Fix your mind on the goodness of God. Fix your mind on the fact that God's goodness is going to break into this situation and make known his truth and his reality. For the Lord God is a sun and is a shield, and he will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he, no good thing will he withhold. He's not withholding anything from us. He is good and he's ready to forgive. And the Bible says he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth will be renewed like the eagles. Listen, life and death is in our tongue. Out of the abundance of our heart, we speak things. Maybe we should be speaking good things and not bad things. Maybe we don't have to accept the, the projected models 
Maybe in the midst of this demise, if we would remember that God is good, not be so suspicious of Him, not be asking questions about why did this happen, who did it happen, when's it going to be over. I'm not sure we have the answers to that. But there is an answer in our mouth. Listen to me. There is an answer. The Lord is good. And that goodness is on the inside of us. And we can speak that goodness out of our mouth. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more does God know how to give good to us? Let's remember, we know how to be good to those whom we love. How much more is God good to us? (laughs) Uh, Even Moses Listen, go back to Exodus, and as they're exiting out, and Moses says, let me see you. I want to see your presence. I want to see your glory. I want to see what you look like. And God said, here, let me show you my goodness. See, God is goodness. And when we seek his face and ask him to to, to reveal himself to us, what he reveals to us is this generosity, this mercy, this grace, this goodness in the midst of all of those things. And that goodness is what we should be focusing on. How good and great and kind that this God is for us. Paul reminds us that if he didn't spare his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I I, I mean, read Acts. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus and he went about in the power of the Holy Spirit, doing good and healing all. Jesus, when he was here, he went about doing good. In the midst of every affliction and every difficult, he did good. Now, don't misunderstand me. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand me. This ain't good. Now, I'm not telling you that this is good. Several years ago when people's going, it's all good. It's all No, not everything's good. This stuff ain't good. This virus isn't good. What's going on around us isn't good. It's not good. I'm not telling you that it's good. But I am telling you that God takes even those things meant to harm us and he turns them around and gets good out of the situation. I'm not trying to get you to have some sort of middle mind over matter kind of thing. I am saying to you, however, to trust in the fact that God is good and he can take bad things and get good stuff out of it. I mean, I'm I'm calling us to recognize that in the midst of all this stuff, we have a God that's working with us. And if we don't lose heart, and if we remember and not forget, if we won't buy into religious things that cause us to be suspicious of God and ourselves and wonder if we're worthy, then this thing is going to reveal something to us that we've never known before. My dad was always saying, son, ask a better question. I'd be firing questions at dad about, well, what about this? Or what about this? Or when this? Just like right now. When did this start? How's it going to be over? How long is it going to go? Well, what did they know? Well, what about this? Listen, they don't know. Nobody knows. I'd be firing those questions at my dad. And my dad would look at me and say, son, ask a better question. And I think maybe in response to the reality that God is good, let's, let's ask another question. And let's, let's, let's hear the question that the Lord asks as he shows up at the house of his friend Lazarus, who is dead. He'd been dead a while. I mean, bottom line, the reality is what he says to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he shall die, he will live. We're getting ready to celebrate Holy Week right now. This Palm Sunday. 
He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asked Martha this question, do you believe this? I'm asking you a question in response to all of your questions. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God is so good that he would send his son to the world? That whosoever would believe in him would never die. The question is, do we believe? Do we believe in this God we've been singing to? Do we believe in this God that we've been prophesying and witnessing about? This is a moment in the midst of all the change that's going on in the world to find out whether or not you trust in him and believe in him or whether we've been pretending. You see, that's the real question. The real question is not what we've been asking God or asking our governments. The real question is the question God is asking us. Do we believe? Do we believe that he's the life, the way, the truth? Do we believe that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly? In in, in chapter 10 of John, he had just said, I've come to give you that life. In chapter 11, he said, do you believe it? See, we make light of some of this, but the truth of the matter is, as the prophet said, the Lord is good. He sent Jesus who did good, and now Jesus looks at Mary and Martha in the middle of life collapsing around them. He said, do you believe me? Do you believe it? See, belief is the doorway to our faith. Believing is the work of God. He didn't say, go do this, don't do that. He didn't give Mary and Martha something to do or something not to do. He just simply asked a question. Do you trust me? Do do you trust me? Do you trust me? I, I know it looks bad, but Martha, do you believe in me? That is the work of God, is for us to believe. In fact, in John 6, he said, He who believes in me has everlasting life. I mean, John 3, that great verse, those 25 words, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the question I'm asking you. Do you believe the prophet? Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe he loves you? Do you believe he does good? Or do you buy all the religious mumbo-jumbo that's been preached for about 2,000 years that has raised your suspicion about whether or not God is good? Can I tell you, they've lied to you. God is always good. He can't be anything other than good. Do you believe me, Martha? Even in the midst of the world falling around, do you still believe? He, he would say in another place, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It's in red. It's in, it's, it's in red. It's right there. It's in red. If you can believe, all things Listen, all things are possible. That disease can be solved now. It can happen suddenly. It can happen. I'm believing that it happened. I'm not ignoring what I'm being told to do that's wise, but I'm also not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop standing on the promises of God. I'm going to call those things into reality. I'm believing that the will of God is to do us good and not harm. The question is, do we believe it? If we believe it, it changes everything. The Bible says, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. And you'll have whatsoever things you say. I I receive, Lord. I receive his healing. I receive the answers to all the problems of the world. In the midst of stuff being shaken, I believe I receive what he has said is mine. No, No wonder he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. Believe now that God is here and he's in us and he's good to us. Oh, come on. 
In the last several weeks, there are people coming to the Lord all over the world, and no one's telling that story. No one's telling that story. Every day, there's a daily report of how many have got this thing and how many have died. I'd like to have the report of how many people have raised their hand and accepted Christ in the middle of this time. I'd like to know how many people have started believing that didn't believe before. I'd like to know how God is using this stuff to open people's minds and their hearts to the faith in Jesus Christ. I just wonder. Maybe we ought to start running that report, if there was any way to run that report, which I doubt there is. But, but I just want you to know, if you believe in your heart this morning that Jesus is Lord, and if you confess it with your mouth, He is faithful and just to save you. That's the question this morning. Do you believe? Do, do you believe how good He is? The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But he who comes to God must believe that He is, the Lord is, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Are, are, are we diligently seeking the face of this good God? This God that rewards us not because of what we do, but because that's who he is. David would write, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I, I would lose heart too if I didn't believe that God was good. If I didn't believe that he was a God of mercy and grace, but I believe I'm going to see that goodness not just when I die in the sweet by and by. I'm believing to see the goodness of God in my city, in my county, in my state, and in America and around the world. I'm, I'm believing that in the midst of all this shaking that God is going to make his goodness known to man in such a way that we will remember. That we'll remember. And not just remember here, but relive. Relive the goodness of God that is ours today. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the question today. Do we believe and will we taste and see how good this God is? Well, as I was growing up, there was a preacher that would look into the camera Sunday after Sunday, and I'll never forget him sitting in my grandparents' living room, and he'd say, something good is about to happen to you. That's been over 50 years. It's been 55 years. Listen to me. He's still doing good stuff. Thousands of years ago, Naaman the prophet stood up and reminded the people the Lord is good. Fifty years ago, I heard a preacher stand up and stare through a camera and go, something good is about to happen to you. I believe with all of my heart something good is about to take place. In the middle of all this stuff that's going on, God is about to show forth his goodness in your life, in my life, in every city all over the world. Meditate on those good things. Think about those good things. Understand that God is working together for our good. One of the last things that is written in Mark's gospel, Mark 16, verse 17, says, These signs will follow those who believe. These signs. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will heal the sick. Listen to me. There are signs and wonders following believers. A question I have for us this morning is do we believe? That's the real question. It's really the only question worth having and certainly the only question worth answering. Father, I pray this, this service this morning, whenever anybody hears it, that they would right now remember that they'd relive the reality that God is good, that He's good all the time, that He's not good based on their behavior, but He's good because of that's who He is. The Lord would begin to declare 
that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now, Father, I pray over everyone that's listening. I pray over every man, woman, boy, and girl that the suspicions of their mind would fall away, that they would remember and hear this morning that God is good, that they would answer the question that he has asked. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe, Martha? She said, yes, Lord, I believe. In Jesus' name, amen.